Baseball, How to Become a Player. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by caveat. Baseball, How to Become a Player by John Montgomery Ward. Chapter 5. The First Baseman. From the fact that the first baseman has more chances to his credit than any other player, it might seem to the casual observer that his is the most difficult position to play. But as a matter of fact, most of his chances are of a very simple nature, involving merely the catching of a thrown ball, and an examination of the official averages will show him leading in the percentages year after year. The possibilities of the position, however, have been developing. For many years, and indeed until he retired from the diamond, Old, reliable Joe Start was the king of the first baseman, but unquestionably the play of such basemen as Connor, Kaminsky and Morrell is a steady improvement, along with the rest of the game. Especially has there been an advance in the direction of fielding ground hits, and it is now not an unusual sight to see a first baseman getting a hit in short right field and assisting in the putout at first or second base. The position demands a tall man, such a one by his longer reach, will not only save many wide throws, but, because he is a good mark to throw at, will inspire confidence in the throwers. He must be able to catch a thrown ball, whether high, low, or on either side. As to the surest way of catching, opinions differ. But as to the best way, everything considered, I hold the same conditions to be true here as in the case of the catcher, that is, for a high thrown ball, the fingers should point not toward the ball, but upward, and for a low thrown ball, just the reverse. If the throw is off to either side, the baseman must shift his position so as to be able to reach it, and if it is so far wide that he must leave the base, he should not hesitate to do so. He should not imagine that he is tied to the bag. Start was the first man I ever saw who knew how to leave the base for a wide throw. He never took the chance of a long reach for the ball, unless, of course, the game depended on that one put-out, and there was no time to leave the base in return. He believed, and with reason, that it was better to first make sure of the ball and then touch the base than, by trying to do both at once, see the ball sailing over into the side seats. It is a difficult play when the throw is to the baseman's left, in toward the runner, because of the danger of a collision with the latter. To the average spectator who may never have had much experience on the field, these collisions between players may seem trifling affairs, but they are not so regarded by the players themselves. In the history of the sport, many men have been seriously injured in this way, and a few killed outright. For two weeks once I was obliged to sleep nights in a sitting posture as a result of a shock of this kind, and it was months before I recovered entirely from its effects. To avoid a collision where the ball is thrown in his way, many good basemen stand back of the line with their right foot touching the base, and allow the runner to pass in front of them. There was one first baseman who used simply to reach in his left hand and pick the ball from in front of the runner with as much ease and safety as though it were thrown directly to him. I mean McKinnon, poor Al McKinnon. What a flood of affectionate recollections his name brings back. Kind-hearted, full of fun, manly, honest, and straightforward to the last degree. He was one whose memory will always be green in the hearts of those who knew him well. In picking up low-thrown balls which strike the ground in front of the baseman, some become much more expert than others. One of the best, I think, is Phillips, who played last season with Brooklyn and is now with the Kansas City Club. When the bound is what is called a short bound, that is, where it strikes but a few inches in front of the hands, the play is not really a difficult one if the ground is at all even. But when it strikes from one to three feet beyond the hands, it requires considerable skill to get it, especially if the ground cannot be depended upon for a regular bound. 
In this latter case, the bound is too long for a pickup and too short for a long bound catch, so that the only thing to do is to calculate as near as possible where the ball should bound and then try to get the hands in front of it. It will be found easier to reach the hands as far forward as possible than give with the ball, that is, draw the hands back towards the body in the direction the ball should take on its rebound. A player should never turn his face away, even at the risk of being hit, for by watching the ball at all times, he may be able to change the position of the hands enough to meet some slight miscalculation as to the direction of the bound. In fielding ground hits, the same rule applies to the first baseman as to every other fielder, that he should get every hit he possibly can, with the single qualification that he shall avoid interference with other fielders. But as between a possible interference and a failure to go after a ball that should have been stopped, the interference is much to be preferred. There are some basemen who seem to think there is a line beyond which it is forbidden for them to go. They act as though they were tied to the base post by a 20-foot lariat. Having fielded a ground hit, the baseman will usually run to the base, but sometimes the hit is so slow or so far towards second, or he fumbles it so long, that there is no time left for him to do this. In such case, he will toss the ball to the pitcher, who has covered the base. In making this play, a baseman should not wait until the pitcher reaches the base before throwing, as it loses too much time, and he should not throw the ball at all, because it makes a difficult catch. But he should pitch the ball easily in front of the pitcher so that he and the ball will both meet at the base. A little practice will make this play plain and simple, and the advantage of doing it this way will easily be seen. There are times when, with runners on the bases, the play will not be to first, but to second, third, or home. With a runner on first, many batters try to hit into right field, because with second baseman forced to cover second for a throw from the catcher, the space between first and second is left almost unguarded. But if the first baseman will be on the alert for such a hit, and throw the runner out at second, he not only balks the play, but frightens other batters into attempting the same hit. With a runner on third, and not more than one man out, all the infielders will play closer to the bat so as to throw the runner out at home on an infield hit. In such case, if the batter should strike out and the third strike be dropped, the first baseman should not go to his base to receive the throw from the catcher, but meet it on the line as near as possible to the plate. He is then able to touch the runner on the way to first, and to throw home if the man on third attempts to score on the throw to first. It may be possible to make a double play by first touching the runner to first, and then throwing home. But if the runner to first holds back and there is a danger of the man from third scoring, it is obviously best to throw home and cut him off, entirely ignoring the runner to first. Another point in which many basemen are remiss is in backing up. On all throws from left or left centre field to second base, he should get in line with the throw, and on all throws from the same fields to the plate, he should also assist in backing up, unless there is some special necessity for guarding his own base. There is a prevalent belief that it matters little whether a first baseman can throw well or not, but a moment's consideration will show the fallacy of this. There are some plays in which he needs to be a hard, accurate thrower. With a runner on second and a ball hit to the infield, the runner will sometimes wait until it is thrown to first, and then start for third. In such case, only the best kind of return by a first baseman will head him off. So also in long hits to extreme right field, he may have to assist the fielder by a throw to third or home. It will thus be seen that there are points of play at first base which, in the hands of an ambitious fielder, may be developed into very considerable importance. End of chapter 5